0: Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope that this message from Pastor Jason Charles and the City Collective team challenges and inspires you. Enjoy. Good morning, City Collective, and thanks for joining us for Church Online. My name is Jason, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at City Collective. If this is your first time tuning in with us, know that you are so, so welcome. We're really glad that you decided to spend your Sunday morning with us, and this is a great time to be here. Uh, No matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, Christian, non Christian, atheist, agnostic, not really sure about this whole Jesus thing, you are in know right in the right place at the right time i think that the word that we have for you this morning is going to be one that is meaningful in the season and my hope is that we're going to what we're going to be talking about what we're going to be going through is something that not doesn't just challenge you or encourage you but something that stays with you beyond sunday morning now This evening, we are having our very first church in the park, and we are so excited to see everyone who was able to register. Uh, We'll be sending out more information next week about what the fall is going to look like. But God has been incredibly faithful in providing some opportunities for us as a church to continue to move forward. And we're believing that it is going to be an incredible fall 2020 season for us. And today, today marks the final Sunday of our summer series going through the book of Acts. What a journey, eight weeks. Uh, We've covered topics like forward-facing in our journey of faith, uh, the complicated struggles that come when you start something new, the serious business of of listening to the voice of God, worshiping instead of worrying, and so much more. And I I know that I've been encouraged and challenged, and I hope that today we can continue that momentum. And we're going to come to... This part of the story, which is a little bit shorter and colder in the days of Apostle Paul. Paul, he leaves uh, prison after two years and he's still a prisoner, but he's put on a ship for Rome. And Rome is this ultimate destination. And he, he wants to go to appeal to Caesar. But for Paul, Rome means so much more than the greatest city in the world. Rome is the gateway to the whole world. Rome is the ends of the earth, as so to speak. So by taking the good news of Rome, the whole world will hear it. You can imagine some of the conversations that would have been had for Paul. He's he's getting so excited to go to Rome, the, the HQ, the headquarters of the people who keep putting him in prison. And some of the people around him must have been, what is his deal? Why are you so excited to go to this place where obviously they don't want you there, but... We, we can correlate, we can see how this purpose that he finds in this place is the thing that's driving him towards it. And we can see how our own plans, they lead us in certain directions because of the urgency and the excitement and the expectation that begins to rise up inside of us. Even if others can't see it, when we see it in a space, we see it in a person, when we see it in an opportunity, we want to lean in. And if you've been following along with us in the book of Acts, this is a story and a half. Paul has been on a journey, the early church has been on a journey, countless snags and political sentences and political opponents, conflicts, serious delays, and and even a shipwreck, actually make that three shipwrecks, comes his way. And someone would have been telling Paul that going on a boat probably stopped needing to be a habit. But even in that, God wants to encourage you this morning that if you wonder what is going on all around you, This COVID season that we find ourselves in, the exposing of of racism, of of deaths, of murder, of horrific crimes, of brutal storms, everything that 2020 seems to have, it, it seems to include it all. And perhaps Acts 27 is the perfect passage for us this morning, for us this year. To remind you today that your struggle is sacred, not because God is causing it, but because God never leaves us alone in it. And that's what makes these stories so meaningful. We don't know life without snags. We don't know a journey without delays. But we see in the story of Acts 27, we can know a God who is faithful in the midst of it all. Now, it's a bit of a wild ride, and I'm going to call this sermon this morning How to Find Hope in a Shipwreck. And so we're going
1: to read from Acts chapter 27. Acts 27, verses 9 to 26. Since much time had passed, And the voyage was now becoming dangerous because of the fast was already over paul advised them saying sirs i perceive that the voyage will be with injury and
2: much loss not only of the cargo and the ship but also of our lives but the centurion instead of listening to what paul said followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in the majority decided we should sail on hoping to reach Phoenix and Winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose,
1: they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind, called the Northeaster, struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it
2: and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Kata, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, so the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbar of Citrus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. on on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands
1: when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned since they had been without food for a long time paul stood up among them and said men you should have listened to me and not have set sail from crete and incurred this injury and loss yet now i urge you to take heart for there will be no
2: loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island.
0: Thanks to Dan and Anthony for leading us in our scripture reading this morning. And of course, it was the absolute best to hear from Rachel, Tim, and Jack on how they're doing. We miss you. We love you. We can't wait to see you again. Now, back to Acts 27 and the dramatic tale that is that is being woven, um, it doesn't just feel like another story. It feels like a dramatic movie out of the Pirates of the Caribbean, something with with some flair and some drama. And that's not isolated to your reading or my reading. New Testament scholar Douglas Campbell, he says that this chapter is one of the most gripping and vivid narratives presented in all of antiquity. It's a story with hints of epic adventure. There are even traces of Homer's Odyssey that you'll find in it. And what does that really mean? Well, it means, first of all, the story is old, but it is full of action. And now I'm sure many of you are like me and you love a good action movie. Maybe you've already got a chance to go back to the movie theaters which just opened up. And I know it's been a while since we've got a Tom Cruise classic action flick, but I am of the opinion that when it comes to action movies, no one really does it like Tom jump on the sofa at Oprah Cruz. Movies ranging from Mission Impossible to Edge of Tomorrow are movies with all the extra toppings included, but they're also a deep pull on the real human condition that we can resonate with. I love a good Tom Cruise movie. Uh, And a fairly consistent narrative that seems to find its way in into those movies is that characters who wouldn't normally join forces are forced to work together to survive. Maybe they fought each other earlier and they develop some chemistry and some appreciation for the other as the movie progresses. Um, It's like Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise facing down all those aliens in Edge of Tomorrow. Loki, in my humble opinion, was the most underappreciated top three movie of 2014, but I digress. We see these characters that were maybe on opposite sides come together for a common solution. And here in our story, we find Paul on board a ship with a group of men who wouldn't have characterized anyone as friends at the beginning of this journey. But Paul finds himself on board a ship with a surprising ally, much like Emily Blunt to Tom Cruise. We are told that a Roman centurion named Julius is assigned to guard Paul. And rather than enforce Paul's captivity with with cruelty, Julius operates with with kindness. And we see how, uh, how acts of kindness, they can cross all kinds of boundaries. Sometimes it takes severe circumstances to lock in on each other's humanity, to see the vulnerability of a person sitting right beside you or six feet apart in 2020. And honestly, I think this season has shown that to be so true as well. We have seen our communities and neighbors respond in a profound way of support for each other. Because here's the truth. Life is so dependent on this kind of interdependence with one another. And what we need to discover is that that dependence is with God as well. The frustrating part is that though it always can sometimes feel like smooth sailing, when the storms come, there is always a need for us to discover that interdependence again. And even within those relationships that are meaningful, there can be some breaking down. In verses nine and 10, there's an indication that time is not on their side. The winter is creeping in and Paul, he steps up and he gives the crew a warning. He says that this is going to be a total disaster. We're going to lose the ship and the precious cargo. Let's pump the brakes. Though there was some practical wisdom to his warning, his buddy Julius chooses prophets over the words from Paul the prophet and lo and behold they end up in a brutal storm. Paul gave his guy a little bit of advice and it wasn't received well. Have you ever had to go through a storm because of someone else's dumb decision? Now don't start pointing fingers, fingers because let's be honest we've all been there but I feel like one of the spaces where this is most true is when it comes to my car, where dumb decisions get exposed constantly, taking the wrong turn, not asking for directions, riding that gaslight just a little too long. You know, just the basics. But, but the reality of life is that sometimes the people that we trust, the people that we walk with, they do let us down. And maybe you're in a place where you don't have the support that you longed for or, or you can't find this strength on your own and you feel isolated and, and no longer seen. I, first of all, I'm sorry because so often another's response directly challenges our personal sense of security and it can be overwhelming. Paul must have been like, my guy, this isn't my first time on a boat. Heck, this isn't even my first shipwreck. Trust me, this is bad news bears. Paul must have been thinking, I've gone through the ringer, and yet I'm back here again. And as this story progresses, there are some really clear opportunities for him to give a big ol' I told you so. But his hope is not tied to the decisions of others or even the threat of the storm. So he chooses to get on that boat and to to sit through that storm. Here is what we are promised, that God is not bound by other people's bad decisions in getting to your destiny my destiny. God doesn't want bad things to happen, but if it does, God is able and willing to take a situation and turn it into a revelation. A man Paul had some strong trust in, Julius, He, he, he wanted to point them in a good direction, but it just wasn't the right time, and they set course for what felt like a great movie that they were going to set out upon, and it was smooth sailing, and then the wind turns, and it's like a hurricane force, and the storm is so bad that they begin to do exactly as Paul said would happen. They're throwing cargo overboard. They're throwing the tackle overboard. And then it says that things go dark with the sun being blocked out while the storm rages for three days. And then we read this powerful statement at the end. We finally gave up hope of being saved. And this, this is a place we've all been before where we have done everything that we can that we gave up some things that were valuable. We, we put away things that were actually important for our survival. But we've been so desperate that, and then it's gone from bad to worse, and the weather doesn't even cooperate. And when a crisis occurs, often our first reaction is to question God and ask why it had to happen. But what if there's a better way to respond? what if we can discover a different response that leads to a revelation. When reading um, this passage, it actually reminds me of of the story of of Odysseus and, and his grand tales intertwined in Greek legend. And in contrast to Paul's struggles to get to Rome, Odysseus, he's trying to to get home and he's struggling on that journey. But on his path there's this long list of fickle gods, these divine energies who are out to get him in this fictitious tale. But in this historical account of a ship about to go down, Paul does something completely different. He doesn't fight against God. He trusts his God to be faithful. And just because Paul has hope in God doesn't mean he gets a free pass in the struggle. See, you can have hope in God and struggle hard for your life. The two are not mutually exclusive. But here's the thing. Sometimes we act like we're in Zeus's world or Poseidon's sea. It's like we think our struggle is God-initiated. And we may not use mythological names like Zeus or Poseidon, but we think our hard time is God's punishment. Or that God loves us one day and he's kind to us in one scenario but he's kind of out to get us in the next or that God has blocked our path to happiness but the Apostle Paul he offers a faith that is so sturdy that Paul can stand up in the middle of a furious storm and he can speak hope Paul can see that this world can be so wild and the winter seeds they'll do what the winter seeds will do but the Creator is one who keeps his promises There are catastrophes and disappointments, but we can still speak hope with hope and power to say God has not let go of us yet. And he didn't say, I just, just, I told you so and let them suffer. But the crew and Paul, they were in the same situation and the crew had lost all hope, but Paul had enough to go around. Tom Wright, he says that Paul's whole reason for being is that his Jewish hope that places upbringing in his background is fulfilled in Jesus Paul knew in Judaism that he was going to be zealous for the law but After a blinding vision that we talked about weeks ago, Paul had a revelation of who God is, and that was love. And just like Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights, everywhere he goes, he's clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. He's overflowing with hope because he's come to understand that hope is a covenant where you trust that through Jesus, you are God's and God is yours. And then you bless the world with that hope. And Paul assures his listeners that their faith is secure in what God has already done for them in Christ. That you are saved by grace and changed by grace just like he was. So much so that he holds on to this boundless hope even in the middle of a deadly storm. And this storm, it, it drives the ship across the Adriatic Sea, and the crew, they can't do much. They, they take measurements, and they discover that they are dangerously careening towards an unknown land. And they tossed down the anchor four different times, and they prayed for daylight. Some of the sailors, they even tried to escape via lifeboat. And Paul, he, he gathers them all together and he says that you can't, you can't abandon ship, but we can do something and we can trust that God is going to see us through that. But we've all been there. We, we've tried everything to get ourselves through what we see as an impending shipwreck and it doesn't seem to be working and we come to the end of ourselves. Maybe your ship lost at sea is that new job you've been searching for. Maybe your ship out of control is that relationship you've been trying to make work. Maybe it's the emotional place that you never thought you'd experience. You saw other people depressed, but you never thought you'd be depressed. You saw other people's kids act crazy. You thought yours would would act right or whatever you thought that was. It's that place where someone who was there for you is no longer there for you. We all have these moments where we feel like a ship careening into a shipwreck and we're doing everything we can to survive. And we're, we're even abandoning the thing that was holding us afloat. But Paul encouraged us to stay on our ship. And just like Paul, have you ever survived anything? Have you ever gave up hope? And just when you gave up hope, it didn't give up on you. And it grabbed hold of you in the depth. Paul wasn't looking to give them a reason for survival in the middle of the storm. But he was giving them a reassurance that God will not leave you alone in it. Here's my challenge to you this morning. Don't let your craving for a reason overwhelm your opportunity to respond. When everything seems to go to hell in life, the thing we often lose which sparks life, brings joy and produces hope is completely lost and that's a personal vision for our life but God hasn't given up on that hope that you had at the beginning of 2020. Just because the shipwreck seems to be the world all around us, doesn't mean that God has forgotten that hope that he placed on the inside of you. The same God that saved you is the same one that keeps on saving you, that keeps on shifting you and keeps sanctifying your life. Sometimes we just talk about being saved, but there is a great shift that actually takes place within us. Because sometimes Christianity is falsely characterized by a deep desire to have, quote unquote, Christianity invade our culture, but not have Christ really permeate our being. And we all know that we're, we're saved by grace sometimes, but we, we forget that we're changed by grace as well. And grace is one of those words that we hear in church all the time. But for my money, grace is a word that we just don't simply use enough. We can't use it enough. In fact, I would argue that grace is the center of the gospel. It's the heart of everything. That it means to be invited into the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is being able to stand up with hope in the middle of the storm. And for many of you, your instant response to this is, well, yes, of course, I know this. I know this to be true. That is by God's grace alone, we're saved. It is God's grace that chases us down and picks us up and brings us back home. We know this, but we aren't just saved by nothing but this idea, but we're saved by a God who loves us so desperately that he came for us. In fact, I think that Just giving it a one-off saving moment sells grace short because grace is more than just the one moment. It's not more than just the way in which you're saved. Grace is how we are changed. Here's, Here's the hard truth that I am constantly being confronted with. I don't know myself as well as I think I do. And certainly not in the way that God does. I think that I'm I'm on my own and I don't believe that I'm worthy of divine love, and so of course I have moments of selfishness and I can, I can be standoffish and I can start to trend towards exclusion to ensure my own protection, but when I begin to know myself as loved the way that God loves me, and I accept the fact that I am welcomed completely just as I am and offered a seat at the table of God, then all of a sudden, all of that greed, all of that selfishness, all of that violence, all of that desire that wants to push people away, all of that begins to fade away and slowly I become conformed to the way of Jesus. It is grace that welcomes me into this story. It is grace that transforms me. It is grace that changes me and it makes me ready for the inevitable challenges of life. And the more... I see people know that they are loved, the more that I see them allow that grace to sink somewhere deep into their bones. And I, and I see change begin to grab hold. People who, who let go of all the things that are twisted and broken inside of them, that they thought that they, they needed as, as a point of protection or identity. And people who actually become more caring and more kind and more generous because grace and love have a way of changing us. So know this this morning, that you are loved exactly as you are today. And there is power in knowing that and allowing that to guide you towards something different. Something even more beautiful tomorrow. Something that's going to sustain you in the midst of your storm. The grace of God is what saves you and it changes us and it is this revelation of unconditional love that becomes more than a nice idea and actually a foundational truth that will change who we are for tomorrow. Paul, he was saved by grace. Of that we have no doubt. But we also see a life that is sanctified by grace in that he has been transformed to trust in a God that meets him in the middle of a storm. And if you're in the middle of a storm this morning, know this, that you are loved right where you are at. Know this, that that the storm isn't God looking down on you and chiding you. It is life happening and God deciding to stand with you. Know this, that the hope that seems lost is never far away because God will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul and his companions, they went on that ship. And they didn't end up where they thought they were going to end up. But on that boat, they discovered God's faithfulness. In that storm, they discovered God's goodness. And this is the encouragement that maybe we can find for ourselves this morning, City Collective that there are storms plenty in the lives of people who call City Collective home who are watching this morning. Storms that we were not expecting to have to navigate. You had different plans for the year, different plans for where it might take you, but you're in the middle of a storm and you don't know where to turn. And maybe you're even saying, just like those sailors, that, that we have lost hope. And this is the promise that God wants you to hold on to you wants you to hold on to this morning, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he meets you in the midst of the struggle, meets you in the midst of the storm, and gives you the strength that you need to stand up, to gather together, and to declare that this storm is not going to be the end, that this storm is going to be a space where we actually discover how loved and cared for we are by an almighty God. So we're gonna to pray together and we're gonna believe that where we are is gonna be just enough for God to meet us. I would encourage you to bow with me this morning as we, as we close in a word of prayer. So Father, we give you thanks that your grace is more than enough, that the storms come and they invade our lives and they become sometimes more than we can even seem to handle, but there always gonna be space where you are going to meet us, that it's going to be a space where your grace is going to comfort us, that your love is going to transform us, and that it's going to come forward in a beautiful and meaningful way, that this isn't a storm that you wanted us to go through, but you're going to give us a revelation in it. You're going to take this situation and turn it into a revelation, that it's going to shift us and change us the way that grace only can. Give us courage this morning to stand up and in the midst of our storm and declare that God is faithful, that you are going to help us, that you are going to be with us. And I would just pray for comfort and for peace for everyone in our community that feels like they are in the middle of a storm. I pray for, for strength and for, for confidence in you, that you would just meet them where they're at and that there would be a, a glimmer of hope that you would show to them to push on for tomorrow. Thank you that you're more than enough. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. And thank you that in the middle of our storm, we can declare that you are faithful. To you we give thanks. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening
0: to the City Collective podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. Please subscribe to stay up to date with every weekly message. For more information on City Collective, please visit www.citycollective.com. Or if you're in the greater Vancouver area, come visit us for Sunday. You can find more about our church and how you can get involved with what God is doing in the Lower Mainland. Have a great day.